Expecting $54 billion in 2022 sales on COVID vaccine and treatment bill. Um, well, let's not get into that. However, uh, oh, stock is down. Uh, Dollar eighty five trading fifty one thirty five. I don't know. What, I don't know what people thought it was going to be, but do we have Mr. Brendan? I'm here, Chief. How are I'm you, bud? Here in Santa Fe. Um, how are how are things? How are things in Santa Fe? Pretty cold right now. Really? Uh, not as cold as they appear to be in Chicago, but they're pretty chilly out here. No, but we're not. It's we're, beautiful we're, blue sky. We're nineteen. It's dark now, but it's uh, you know nice blue sky out here out west. Um, do they, they still have ski resorts near there, don't they? There are ski resorts near here. We didn't come by here uh, for skiing. Uh, we're on our way down to Tucson for a couple of weeks. Well, that's uh, I've done that that drive. Did you do a uh, you know forty and all that stuff down there through a. Uh, Amarillo? No, we uh, we spent some time in Colorado visiting our uh, our granddaughter. Okay. So we drove to Evergreen, Colorado last Tuesday and then drove down here. We just beat the storm out of Chicago last week and then uh, spent the last few days in Colorado and then came down here from uh, Evergreen and from Salida. So we've been in Santa Fe since uh, Sunday afternoon, heading down to uh, Arizona on Thursday. Well, that's cool. I, uh, I, when I came up from Tucson, I went the, the, the other way. I came up right from, uh, uh, well, actually I didn't go out straight up to 40. There's a, there's a, there's an interstate that runs up to, uh, 40 from Phoenix. So I went from Tucson to mm-hmm. Phoenix, and then I went up, uh, but there's a cutoff. It, it's a, like a two-lane road that goes through northern, uh, north, northwest, northeast, sorry, Arizona. And, uh, and shoot you that way, but uh, in the in the morning with my newly bought truck, which was, I guess, somewhat ballsy because it wasn't a gas station. Wow, talk about being ranches up there it had to be huge because you know it's almost yeah. almost like tundra. I mean, you got you got to be if you have cattle, it has to be you know whatever how many acres per cow for God's sake, right? I mean, it's it's not like you're in Wisconsin you know, where, you're, where you've got corn mm-hmm. all over the place. Yeah, but it was a pretty interesting drive, but. uh you know, and you're right along 66, and now that all the little towns are, are are kind of an exit off the, you know, the expressway, which is, I believe, 40. Um, mm-hmm. And you... Uh, yeah, I think 40 comes across through Albuquerque, and then uh, yeah. you go up through St. Louis on the way back. Yeah, and it's... Uh, so I made it to Albuquerque, my... Uh, not, not Amarillo, my first day, and uh, that's, that's, that's an interesting place. <laughs> you, ever been, you ever been there? Mm-hmm. Uh, did you eat at the big I Texan? don't think I've been to Amarillo. It's, uh, interesting. It's right in the panhandle for those who don't, don't know. And it's, it is like the crossroads of that entire, I don't know what's how many state area. And, uh, you drive in and of course there's every conceivable 
you know, chain motel, chain restaurant, chain everything. And, you know, there's all kinds of rodeos and stuff down there, so there's actually, you know, like mot- motels, hotels where you can, there's there's spot for you and your horse, <laughs> you know, in the summertime. <laughs> so your your horse gets a stable and he gets a spot to hang around and you get to go over, uh, because they, then there's a place called the Big Texan, right? So every place you, uh, you see signs, Big Texan, Big Texan. So I pull into this, you know, nice little hotel. It wasn't huge or anything like that. So I say to the young lady, by the way, where should I have dinner? Well, you gotta go to the Big Texan. Which, they'll come pick you up if you want. In like an old Cadillac with big, uh, long, long horn, horns on the hood. But I sure as hell wasn't gonna get trashed, so. <clears throat> went over there and it's like a Gillies, it's this huge place and uh lady says well you know if you came here any other time of the year you'd never be able to get in and I go well, okay well that's cool but it is this time of the year it looks like it's half full so I go in and get a spot and uh there's these big tables where you can sit with other people right if you wanted to but I, I ended up having a booth and they've got the you know the 65 ounce steak if you eat the whole thing it's free kind of thing so they got like four idiots, mm-hmm. right, four idiots trying to do that I guess and uh very nice lady. The waitress was a, a lady who had been in uh, some kind of special forces training and hurt her back in the, uh, what do you, what's that thing, an officer and gentleman, the obstacle course? She hurt her back mm-hmm. in the obstacle course and ended up having a, they mustered her out of the army and she's on disability, but she, I mean, uh, back was pretty messed up, but she's a very nice lady and anyway, so they got these three idiots going around playing, playing the accordion, right? And you get to pick your song and I'm like, please don't come over here. Well, they go over to these two old, old, old birds with the, you know, the old shirts on with the shoestring tie. And of course the guy plays, <clears throat> pays him five bucks to sing, uh, Amarillo by morning or something. I'm going, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> anyway, it was, it was an experience. Just saying. How many times do you think they've been asked to play Amarillo by morning? Um, I, countless. <laughs> countless. And that, that's the number one reason you know that the people who ask them are passing through on their way to someplace else. Uh, these two guys looked like they were Texans. They were just a couple old Texans that wanted to hear it like one more time or something. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, the, the odd part is when you, I thought that the one way home, and I, I don't know if I try to avoid the next time, the, the part through Oklahoma, God, is that awful. It's one, yes. one, it, first of all, it's toll. It's a crummy road. Uh-huh. And it's, it's one, essentially Indian reservation casino after the next. Just a sad whole stretch there. Have you ever done that? I mean, it's awful. Last year we came down to Tucson for uh, a trip and we did that route. We we did the opposite way we're going to go home now. We drove down through St. Louis, through Oklahoma. We made it to Oklahoma, um, Oklahoma City and we had a really bad experience in a the hotel there. Uh, oh. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yes, we remember that stretch very well, and then the, there's a real barren stretch on the tollway. There's virtually no gas stations, and it's really, really bad. Not even town. It, it's a really desolate place. And then you see, uh, you know, one tribe will have, like, essentially a butler building casino, and we're not talking about the ones up here. I mean, and you see all these people pouring out of these casinos, and you're going, my God. I can't imagine walking across that area. From like another part of the country, I know way to like your reservation, like mm-hmm. those, like those people had to do. Just uh, yeah, not a great chapter in our in our in our sometimes sordid history. Uh, no, it is not. And, uh, and I don't know. Sure, seems like it could have been done in many different ways, even uh, many different places, many different. It just was not necessary. And uh, 
you know, sad stuff. Anyway, Brennan, what do you think of the, of the state of the world uh, right now? You saw some uh, stocks make big moves last week. You've seen uh, market going up and down here. You've seen uh, people fighting over the COVID stuff as usual. Now the city, we're down to like, I don't know, not very many tests or COVID cases per day. City's thinking about getting rid of the you know ID card, your, your vaccination thing. What's there to think about? I mean, what is with these people? Do they are they just are they that lame? I mean, what is what is their problem? Well, we're only we're only the new phase, I think, that that, that throughout the country, to one extent or another, that uh, it's becoming endemic and something that has to just be reckoned with on a daily basis, and adjustments have to be made. But I think that there's still a lot of polarization and a lot of uncertainty in the minds of many. That's going to continue a lot of the adversity. Uh, to the perceived future for at least the next six months to a year until we as a, a country uh, start to deal more with, with COVID as an endemic situation more than uh, more than pandemic. Uh, it, it's interesting coming out here, seeing the difference between how people behave in Colorado and how people behave here in Santa Fe. In Colorado, it was uh, mostly people going around without masks, even indoors. In Santa Fe, there's still uh, mask requirements, and people are, uh, are pretty good about uh, wearing a mask all over the place, even in outdoor situations. So it's interesting the two states that are so close to each other have such a divergence in the way that they're approaching it and living with it. What um, I haven't gone through it. Probably going to do it more uh, later in the week with uh, people that have sent it to me. But uh, this John, John Hopkins uh, study that just came out, and I'll just. We'll probably, we'll probably tweet it out tomorrow, but, uh, it, it basically reviews a review of the last two years and said just about <clears throat> a real lot of the, the, the things that government did didn't work at all. And I, 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 um, I didn't see it. I'm, 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 I'm going to tweet it out to everybody. Study, so I, I, I don't know what, what they're saying worked and didn't work or why it worked or didn't work. Well, all the, the, the whole, the, I've read this before that the whole idea of the non, Official masks were useless. You know the, uh, the the stagecoach masks and the scarves and all that other crap. I mean, they just I think finally somebody got up, had enough stones to say those things are, don't work. What are you doing? If they if, if the other ones do, those certainly don't. I mean, there's a lot of <coughs> well, okay, but but I mean, those were transitory. And when new information came out, you know, I think I, I do think that um, those were not attempts to. Uh, just mollify people. And I think that when they first came out with the idea for masks, they asked people not to wear the N95 masks so that they could be saved for healthcare workers, which I think was legitimate. And then when they came up with ideas of other types of masks, they saw what worked and didn't work in various cases. And you're right, the, the gators and the, the, the very uh, porous cloth masks uh, it didn't work. And so they said, stop using them. Yeah, and then after like what became more efficient or less efficient, they they changed. Um, after like so, twenty months, yeah, you know, I think we got to put it in perspective. I, I think, I don't know, Brandon, I'm getting pretty cynical, as you, as you know. And that's why I need you here to talk me down once a week. I think they knew all along they didn't work, Brandon. They just got used to telling people what to do. Anybody who ever thought that the stagecoach, like a Rob in a Western movie mask, was effective at all? I, mean, I, I feel sorry for you. I really do. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I, I disagree. I don't think I don't think that they that they approach this just with the intent of telling people what to do. I think it was a legitimate reaction to 
a health crisis because of how many people were dying, and we would attempt not to completely lock down everything uh, forever. And I think that that it was obvious that things like certain one-layer cloth masks didn't work. So that's when the recommendation came in, stop using them and using other types of masks. I'm going I'm to agree with you. Masks, double masks and things like that. And I think that was an evolution. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you here, <clears throat> except for one thing. I think they knew that eight months before they admitted it. They're real slow uh, to change well, their, their tone. I, I can't argue that they probably held out longer than they could have or should have. I, uh, I don't think, I, I think we're still trying to react to the crisis and to save lives and make things more manageable for folks rather than just uh, enforce them in a dictatorial manner. I, I think it was done. Um, I, I don't have the, the cynicism that, that you just stated about the, what the government was trying to do. I think they were trying to, well, I, 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 although I will say that uh, in the beginning, there was a lot of downplaying of the severity of the illness. And the, and the pandemic. And I think that caused a lot of consternation and problems as we move forward later into uh, 2019 or 2020 and, and beyond that. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm praying not to, uh, you know, trying to, you know, shove blame at people because the first couple months of the thing, I think I would have done exactly what a lot of people did and, and slightly panic. Uh, those kinds, of, and I would probably have done sort of the same things. I just, I was always, I don't know what it was, Brendan, whether if it was words about the press, press calling you a flip flopper, or whether it was, it, it became obvious to me that some stuff was wrong that people were doing right out of the gate, and it never changed. And they, ne- they never said the, the Brendan blue jeans store could open up, even though Target was selling blue jeans. They never said that. Even though, even though Pritzker had to drive by, you know, somebody's blue jeans store was closed every night for six months before he, and it never, never changes tune. And I think a lot of stuff <clears throat> could have changed an awful lot earlier to the point where I honestly wonder if he had, tr- if he had stock and target, for God's sake. But I don't trust these people at all. I, mean, I, I, I get worse and worse by the day. I shouldn't be, but I, mean, I, I honestly think that, uh, a lot of the stuff was done, was done almost, I don't, I don't know if it was done intentionally with, with bad things intent, but when people saw the way it was playing out, they're going, hey, this isn't so bad, <laughs> or something. I, Something, something was weird. I, uh, I don't think all those stores had a close deal. The first week, yeah. After six weeks, I don't know. I'm not so sure at all. I don't know after what time period they could have opened up. I do agree with you that the inconsistency of how businesses were treated um, it, it was concerning and, and was concerning at the time. I think that uh, you know, there, there should not have been uh, discrepancies between similar types of stores where one could open and one couldn't just because of the size or what uh, who owns them. Um, so that, I think, was handled inappropriately. But I do think that most of the efforts by most of the governments were designed to, to protect from the spread of the disease in a way where they were trying to get a better handle on it. And, uh, you know, was it too long? Maybe. But I think that, uh, that I, I don't have the same cynicism that, that you were expressing. Um, I, I just don't. I just, I mean, uh, I really, the reason why I sort of have it, Brendan, is every, every single time that there's a crisis, the same people seem to, seem to do okay. And I, I actually had a, a funeral last week, unfortunately, uh, good friend, but, uh, I was seated at the funeral luncheon with a doctor 
who told me that if they get a letter from the whatever the hell a doctor's union is that if they were if they were caught uh, saying any going out anything against vaccines or even questioning the stuff uh, that was quote to the science that they would lose their license. Where, where does that come from? Where, where exactly does that come from? Um, I never heard anything along those lines of doctors being threatened to lose their license uh, because of this. And I, I don't know. I've never heard of the doctor's union, so I don't know. Well, it's not a doctor's union. It's a state board or where it came from. State board. But I I have not heard of that. (laughs) Um, I I can find it for you. But uh, I I know that the people that are in, like, the the big groups have had pressure the whole way. Because people have told me that. You know, if you're one of the Northwestern group or the University of Chicago group, you know those guys. That's why every one of the... uh, the people who have spoken out, I'm not saying they're right, you know, okay, that the, the people who have spoken out, I, I don't know, it's science, but every one of those people that have done those kinds of shows, you know, the podcast and stuff they get in trouble with, are, those are independent actors. And, you know, I just, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think we need that in our world, and I think no matter what, anytime you have a vaccine that's out in two years, somebody's going to question it, maybe rightly, hopefully wrongly, but, uh, I mean, I, there's there's stuff going on behind the scenes here, Brendan. It has to do with with, with, with cutting people's uh, free speech out. There's other stuff that I don't think you know. Every time there's a crisis, we seem well. This this reminds me a little bit of nine eleven, right? We never, we never got half of our of our of our, uh, of our of our freedoms back from that one, did we? Um, well, uh, you're right. I mean, things change after nine eleven. Mostly in the security world, trying to get on planes and things. And we did give up our rights to to combat uh, a common enemy. What's different this time is that there is no, well, even if there is a common enemy in, a, in the way of a pandemic, there's been no united uh, form from the United States to say or the world to say how it's going to be treated. I think that's a big difference, and it's a misnomer to, to compare 9/11 to what we're faced with the pandemic because there was a lot of there is a lot more conspiracy theory against the pandemic. Than there was against 9/11. Instead of unifying against uh, a repeat performance. Now, uh, you know, if I'm hearing you correctly, what I think you're saying is let's go back to allowing everybody to get back into the airport and get on airplanes without any kind of security clearance. Well, someday um, is that what you're saying? I'm just saying is the is the is the word never? No, I'm asking is if if there are times when. Rights need to be abrogated. I mean, do we go back to the point where uh, seatbelts aren't used in cars or uh, become an option that you buy with a car instead of mandating seatbelts around the country? No, I'm not. I, 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 uh, I'm not. I'm not. There, there is a line. There's, there's a certain amount of common sense in some of this stuff, and I agree with you. But I guess my question is: matter of fact, I've had this discussion with people. Uh, just, just ask the question. I said, what if? What if we, if there, every single ISIS guy, everything, every single person, there, there, there is, there, there hasn't been a, you know, there hasn't been a, whatever, a, a, a terrorist attack in 10 years. You know, like my lips to God's ear. Do we still need 65,000 TSA people? I mean, at some point, do you, I mean, come on. I mean, I, I, what kind of security, when I look at the Fed building, the security the Fed building has here, with all the idiots at home working. They haven't been there in two years. Now, Brennan, you and I are smart enough. We're old enough to know if we want to kill somebody, we'll just kill somebody across the street. But if you, if you can't protect everybody, you can't protect anybody, right? 
I, I agree, and I agree that a lot of the impositions on safety um, were um, are probably no longer needed. But I, is anybody going to take the risk that a terrorist attack is being fomented right now and, and planned and, and having uh, a destruction within the federal building? When you think about some of the cases that are, are being tried for, um, you know, are you willing to allow uh, an attack to happen? I mean, we talked even after 9-11 about somebody blowing up parts of a, a Super Bowl uh, with, with the crowds in the Super Bowl. Um, so are you going to take away all of the security around the Super Bowl when it happens in Los Angeles this year? No, well, here's, here's, here's what I don't want, and, and, and here's what happens. And I don't I honestly don't have the solution, uh, Brandon. Uh, by the way, as you know, it's not, it's not like I have all the answers to these questions. I just, I just like to ask them just to, just to, just to get people to think. And, and, and by the way, when mm-hmm. I ask you, I end up with some really good answers that I can't think of myself. But somewhere along the line, where, where do you stop this stuff? I mean, where, I mean, I, I know being on the, the board of the CBOE, the biggest goat bleep there is, is to get somebody from security in there and tell you what's wrong with your place. Gee, do you know some guy could drive right through the front door? Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess they probably good. Well, you know, we, we just happened to put those, those concrete things out in front of your door. You need them. <laughs> you know, it's, but I know that, I know that sometimes they're right, Brendan, and sometimes for a very small amount of money or for something you can, you can make something that says, well, you know, in case somebody ever does, either by mistake or whatever, maybe we should have a little protection out there. But someplace, somewhere, you got to say no to one of these people because somebody's making money off this stuff, right? I mean, you know, the, the, the well, somebody's making money, but somebody's life is also being saved. I mean, there, there are different arguments about it. Yeah, and you're right. It comes down to uh, a cost regulation. What is the return on the investment to put up the security barriers? Both physically for the safety of the federal building or uh, for the state of Illinois building, and you know what is the the cost of, of a life if you don't have those, and a terrorist guy comes in with a, a car, drives through the plate glass windows, and blows up the building. Uh, it, it, it does come down to a cost benefit analysis, and what is the risk you're trying to prevent, and what is uh, a reasonable cost. And we can we can certainly argue on what's reasonable and, and what's going too far, and when is enough enough. Um, and I, I think, though, that it, in the, yeah, where this conversation started with the polarization of, uh, of um, combating the, the, the COVID pandemic, I think it started off in a political manner from the very start, yeah. saying that even the, the virus itself was a hoax and that nobody can die and it's no worse than the flu, and yet we have over 900,000 people dead in two years. Um, well, you no, know, even that. So I, I, think, I, I think that there's... Uh, you, know, you have to look at it different ways. Well, even that you can't you can't tell your hospitals you're going to give them a bonus for COVID patients and and, and, and use their count, Brennan. I mean, the, the the number is not 900; it's not zero. It's probably 600 or something. But I mean, I I, I don't think so. I think it's more likely to be more than 900,000, not less than 900,000. I think a lot of places denied the COVID deaths were, were the cause earlier on. Um, I, I, agree with I know that. that argument that you raised before. The hospitals were getting money if they say a COVID patient died, but um, I I I doubt the, the veracity of some of those numbers. I, so, I don't. Why, so see, they're coming from a different viewpoint there. Well, I, I don't. I don't know the number. I don't. I don't know that you. We have to ask your presume. I don't either. But one thing I, I do know, Brandon, that, that that always bothers me is when when you, when you do that. If you say we're going to give hospitals a bonus for 
a bonus, extra money for for having to deal with the COVID. St- By the way, I think I would have probably voted for that. I don't think that's a bad idea at all because it causes, uh, I mean, obviously the hospitals, it costs some more money if there's COVID people in there, right? I mean, it should if they're, I don't have a problem with it. The problem I have, Brennan, is is having our, 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 our stupidos in government not realizing that when you do something like that, it's going to cause your numbers to be a little less reliable. That That's all I'm asking for. I'm not, I'm not asking for a change in in policy. I'm, just, I'm asking for just to think it through a little bit. I don't know if you can disagree with well, that. Okay, but, but I also think that a lot of the same lines of question the numbers. I think that if you want to deny that people are dying from COVID, you attribute it to heart failure or you attribute it to pneumonia or something else instead of for COVID. And I think a lot of that was done in the early months, particularly the first six months to nine months of the pandemic where hospitals in certain areas were denying that COVID existed and trying to keep the numbers down. Oh, I agree. So I, I agree with you the numbers can be questioned, but I think they can be questioned both ways. By the way, uh, we got a dash, but three weeks ago, a uh, person I know died and went to the wake and everything, uh, 90 years old, in the hospital, a guy was absolutely falling apart. Somehow his last two or three days, not only did he, did he catch COVID in the hospital, but the the family wanted to bring him out on hospice, and the hospital wouldn't let him go. I think because they wanted the bonus. So it's not all; it's not necessarily over yet, right? In terms of the money, but the guy was going to go anyway. So it didn't, I, mean, I, I mean, it really didn't matter. But the whole hospital ended up. The whole hospital is, is, is rife with COVID. Hospitals have been the the uh, epicenter of this since day one. And I don't see how they they wouldn't be actually. But. So maybe maybe the solution is that especially those who are now unvaccinated, which are the majority of cases shouldn't be allowed in the hospital for treatment if they if they were willing to take the risk um oh, no, that would the, reduce certainly reduce the, the load of the hospital. <laughs> this guy was this guy was fully vaccinated. Okay. And boosted. He was he was he was he played the game. Anyway, Brendan, enjoy your I've always you know what, I always wanted to go to Santa Fe. I mean I it looks gorgeous. Uh have a nice time. It's a beautiful city. And uh SP Futures down seven, NASDAQ Futures down fifty four. Be right back, uh Mr. Joel O'Connor. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with 
with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold. The idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. Um, uh, by the way, you're looking at Taos, the uh, ski resort out in New Mexico. You got to wear a mask to ski. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah, boy, oh boy. SP Futures is down 675. Nasdaq Futures down 51. Somehow I can't imagine uh, doing that, but uh, then again, I'm too old to ski anyway, so I guess it doesn't make any difference. Now, for you, that's a problem. Dow Futures down 21. We have Peloton down a dollar 85. They came out, they missed on revenue, and we have, uh, interestingly enough, uh, Pfizer come out and said they're going to be $54 billion in, in COVID related sales this year, which is like a real number. Yet they're down a dollar 95 too, so. Uh, you never know on these on these uh, earnings. Over in Europe, we've got uh, the DAX down 37.2%. Puts you down 2, call that flat. Can't come around up 7.1%, so kind of mixed to nothing over there. Uh, Nikkei up 35.1%. Shanghai up 23.7%. Hang Seng down 250. That's a full 1%. Um, going in different directions. Uh, yesterday, Dow was up 1. S&P down 17. NASDAQ down 82. So it's Somewhat of a slower day than we've had, uh, mostly down, but up and down. Up. Still, we've had we had twenty and thirty point runs in this S and P or the uh, Nasdaq futures like all day long. It's just it's still very uh, choppy markets. Ten uh, year uh, up another two basis points, one point nine four. I'm gonna wait to two here. Could be two by the end of the week at this rate. Uh, Bun up uh, well, up one basis point to a, a positive point two three, and Japan up to positive point two one. So. Uh, these things are, are moving up like every day now. <clears throat> Oil down a buck seventy five, eighty nine fifty seven, back up under ninety. Brent down a dollar ninety six, ninety seventy three. Natural gas unchanged four twenty two. Arbob down a whole nickel to two sixty three. We've got gold down three bucks to eighteen eighteen after a big run yesterday. Silver down twenty four cents again. These things are at least one and two percent every two percent every day. Silver down twenty four cents at twenty two eighty three. Copper down four cents four forty one. 
and we have Bitcoin down eight ninety six to forty three thousand two twenty five. It had a big big run up this weekend. Eliani, what do you have for us? Trevi Weather Sports. Good morning, everyone. Uh, currently six thirty seven a.m. in Chicago. It is February eighth, and let's get started with sports. Uh, in the NBA, uh, our friends in Phoenix played the Bulls last night and beat us one twenty seven to one twenty four. God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> And uh, in the NHL, nothing to report for our Chicago and, and our friends in Phoenix out there. Uh, in college basketball, Arizona State loses to Arizona Wildcats, 79-91. And SIU loses to Missouri State, 47-76. to Looking at weather, currently in Chicago, we're sitting at partly cloudy at 20 degrees with a high of 38 and a low of 20. Nice chilly day today, but not as bad as it could have been last week. And uh, currently in Phoenix, it is currently 46, sunny with a high of 75 and a low of 46. In traffic, it's already kind of picking up this morning. Uh, eastbound on 290 between I- the I-88 West Ramp to Western. We got some traffic there. And then it picks up again at Costner all the way inbound to the 290 I-94 construction intersect. There's also an accident on uh at, at Taylor, at Taylor on 94 West and Taylor, so please be mindful of that. Uh, more traffic eastbound, um, uh, I'm sorry, westbound 94 West between 130th and North Avenue. Uh, more traffic north and southbound between Route 12 and uh, Prospect and 50th. And uh, we currently have also a bit more traffic northbound on route, uh, Highway 55 between Route 71 and Damon. So please be careful driving this morning. Thankfully, not as icy and snowy as it used to be, but uh, still still pretty hefty out there. So be, uh, be careful driving, everyone. We might get a 40-degree day this week. Get rid of some of this stuff, eh? Oh, my God. I cannot wait. Oh, I know. It's bad enough. It's... Do we have Mr. Joel? You sure do. Hey, Joel, how, how are you doing? doing? I'm doing all right. Hey, have you heard of... You guys have your, your long arms of the news all over the place. Has there been a hint about spring training? Is baseball over or what? Uh, they're they're far away. They're far away, and spring training is coming. It hasn't officially been put on hold yet, but uh, boy, oh boy, sure looks like we can love it. Just what uh, just what the sports world needs is uh, a delay to uh, the start of, of spring training in the baseball season. Well, especially since the people down there, the how can I put this politely? The people down there that have been bludgeoned into giving these teams all this money for these spring training facilities, this will be, what, three years in a row without people? Not good, Chief. No. Definitely, definitely not good. Not good for those kind of outlays. And frankly, you know, being an owner of a professional franchise right now, I mean, if it wasn't for the TV revenues, uh, you know, definitely, definitely a change in the business model. Well, the Bears raise their ticket prices next year 6%. Due to success, they're hiring new coaches. They got all new yeah. coaches. So uh, all the new coaches every 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 day they hire a new coach. Well, when are they going to start getting a player? You know. Anyway, what's what, what's going on up on your end? You got your uh, the Michigan guys. The basketball team does not look like last year, does it? No, we are coming up on an extremely important stretch right here. We're currently eleven and ten, hovering around five hundred in the Big Ten. Uh, did play Purdue pretty tough on Sunday. Man, Purdue is loaded. Uh, yeah. They got a guy that's 7-4. They got uh, Jordan Ivey, who if I had the number one pick in the draft, he would be my choice. Uh, also, uh, Tra- Trayvon Williams. Uh, he probably started just about any other team in the country. He's six-man. 
Uh, we did hang in there. We did lose by six uh, on the road at Penn State tonight and then home against Purdue on Thursday. These are two must-wins. And then Ohio State at home on Sunday, So, or excuse me, on Saturday. Uh, so it's make or break time for the Wolverines. They just, just don't get the uh, consistent uh, consistent uh, play from the backcourt. Um, it's just not happening. So what is with the every over seven foot guy? Do they have like a dorm with like long beds at Purdue or what? Every every guy seems to want to go to Purdue in the last ten years. Uh, they that painter sure attracts them. Uh, front of them, uh, front of them have left. Uh, but you know, he seems to coach him up, and uh, boy, I tell you, just when you're that tall, I mean, Hunter Dickinson's like seven one, seven two, and then you see that guy next to him. But uh, you know, Purdue has been a perennial, you know, good in the regular season, and then kind of, uh, kind of, boy, you know, fizzes out in the tournament. Uh, but this year, I feel like it could be a little bit different with, uh, you know, the leadership that they have, the upper class band, and, and the duck. Well, the, uh, some of the normal divisions are, I mean, the Irish start out horrendous, uh, and now played a real lot better. They kind of got their act together, and his freshmen's really helped out. But they're, they're tied with Duke for number one in the, in the ACC. I mean, ACC is weak this year. I mean, is there another yeah. real strong conference? I mean, I, this could be uh, the Big Ten's year, or it could be, you know, some guys from some of the smaller conferences. Some of these smaller conference teams are pretty good. Uh, keep an eye on the Pac-10. Uh, Arizona, highly ranked. They were upset, I think, by USC. USC's in the top 20. Of course, UCLA's in the top 10. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of a, a you know, slacking in the uh, ACC, but uh, the Pac-10, or whatever they're called now, Pac-10, Pac-12, Pac-14, uh, they they uh, they got at least three teams in the top 20, and Oregon's always been decent. So Pac-10 looks like the, the strong conference uh, besides the Big Ten. Really? Hey, uh, one of my one of my pals, my Notre Dame buddies from many, many years ago, was a a high school, a junior college coach, high school coach, and really follows this stuff. He's, he is, he is, uh, you know, just amazed at what's happening with this transfer portal. He's convinced that the Southern Cal football team next year could be like the best in the country. They've, they've got guys from everywhere piling in there. Is there no, is there no limit to how many people you can sign through the transfer portal? No, Chief. It's, uh, it's definitely uh, changed the complexion of college sports. It, and eight. It ain't your mom and dad's college sports team anymore. College sports, it's completely changed. Uh, it's almost becoming like the professional leagues now, right? With the transfers, the same as the free agencies. Uh, something Jim Harbaugh, you know, at, um, you know, supported uh, a couple years ago. And, you know, if you look at it, you know, these coaches can pack up and go, right? They yeah. recruit a player. So, given a little bit of flexibility, I don't know where it's going to all end up. It's, you know, instead of the Michigan Wolverines, it's going to be the Coca-Cola Wolverines versus the, yeah. you know, Pepsi, Pepsi Buckeyes. I mean, sure feels like that's where we're headed, Chief. Well, the Supreme Court, you know, did their thing, and at a point of law, you know, I uh, certainly wouldn't argue with them or the lawyers on the show, even though I do argue with those guys all the time. Uh, I mean, they, <laughs> they, I mean they, they, they did their thing, but... Do you think they had any idea where where their ruling was going to head? Is there is there no limit um, 
you know, if PTI Securities was, you know, if we had 100 people here, could I hire 10 Notre Dame guys for the summer and not care if half of them were women or half of them were whatever, I could just hire the guys, or I could just hire the women. Uh, can I can I just do whatever I want and pay people whatever I want now? I mean, is, is it without anybody being able to tell me no? It's, it sure seems to me yeah. like that's the deal. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's the way it is. I mean, that's, that's a big change in one year, don't you think? Uh, it's been coming. I mean, the NIL, I mean, you know, the argument goes both ways, you know, with the universities, you know, uh, you know, reaping the benefits of the TV contracts. And so, no, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like everyone's like the SEC now, right, Chief? Yeah, but I mean, we didn't, you and I used to, do we even have to be considered a booster anymore? We for, to pay somebody? I don't think, no. no, it's unbelievable. No. No, the, the chief, uh, you know, the chief internship uh, for Notre Dame. Uh, you get good pay and uh, easy working hours, except if you want to get up at uh, six in the morning or five in the morning Chicago time to do stocks and jobs. But uh, all the Title Nine stuff, I don't have to. If I want to spend, if I was dumb enough to want to spend a million dollars on Notre Dame or Illinois athletes, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have to. I haven't anyone. seen anything. I haven't seen anything that, that says it has to be spread equally. I, I haven't seen anything along those lines. It may be out there, but it's news to me if it is. And the university just just can look the other way. Totally. I guess. Well, chief, I am not. I am not a NCAA uh, aficionado, but I, I haven't seen anything along those lines. No. No, me neither. I just. Uh, you're you're a little more tight in than you than you let on. Yeah. Well, no. Along those lines, as far as you know, uh, Title Nine coming into this, uh, it may. But uh, as far as I have, you know, the, the boosters are free to do what they want with their money. Hey, uh, real quick, what what do you think uh, this week? Are we just waiting for this waiting for the CPI number? What are we doing here this week? Just hanging around. Uh, I'm all away, Chief. Um, you know, Monday could have been a good day, um, and it wasn't. A lot of time that's a, a turning point for the week. So we had the little rebound off the lows, and we're starting to look a little tired. So uh, we, we it, it's turned. It's turned for the negative, and uh, I don't know. I'm not looking for a big decline, but, you know, maybe we'll have like a nauseating trading range this year. Oh god! I don't know if we need that. Maybe we're at the yeah. Maybe we're at the upper end of the trading range. That's right, what but I'm looking at until we uh, we get more clarity on supply chain and how many interest rate bumps we're going to get this year. All right, but take care of yourself. SP futures down eight. Nasdaq futures down fifty six. Be right back, Mr. Kenny Polkiri. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. 
Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708 349 3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Well, welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tamon. She's Eliani on the board. SP Futures down 7. Make that 8. NASDAQ Futures down 51. She's been lurking below the line here, but that's not a number we can't make up in a second. Uh, we've got Pfizer trading down now two, 231 at $50.90. Interesting move to the downside on Pfizer. We have Mr. Paul Carey. We do. I'm um, just reading here that uh, for guys of you that do consulting work, like for Amazon, your base salary can now go from one sixty to three fifty, not including all your wait, stock. Wait, wait, I missed. Wait, I missed that story. Where was that? Um, it's right here on CNBC, and they used to cap their base salary for executives at one sixty, which they added, you know, stock benefits and all the other stuff. But now they claim that the the base can now be up to three fifty. I'm sure they got people making more than that, but um, yeah, yeah. So I mean. So when you see Mr. Polkiri acting like he's the greeter at the, uh, you know, or something at an Amazon or someplace, uh, he, he might just be one of the guys making like five hundred grand or three hundred fifty plus stock options, yeah. just seeing what's going so on in one of the mind. areas. You have completely lost your mind. <laughs> it's it's easy to do when you read the news today, Kitty. Yeah, oh my God, isn't that the damn truth? Oh yeah, man, it's a. Uh, what do you make of? Uh, the market, all of a sudden, we're starting to see some real moves in these interest rates after right. okay. I mean, after us being like a decade early. Uh, all of a sudden, they go down every day, or I mean, uh, the bonds go down every day. Interest rates go right. up. The uh, yields go up. And now, now we're, this morning, we, we, we brought, I think we broke through 1.95, which means 2% is going to be it before you know it. And that's okay, because I think it needs to get there, right? It needs to get there. You, and, and 2% is that number, just like a $100 barrel of oil, it's a number that's drawing people in, right? Because it's 
who wants to be the person to tick it at 100 on oil or who wants to be the person to tick the yield at 2%? That'll be like the, it'll be like getting the brass ring at the circus, right? Yep, yep. Um, but one way or the other, you could feel that that's where it wants to go. Now look, you, you know, the market's kind of struggling here, waffling. It was, it was, it ended up kind of, uh, flaccid down last night, um, which isn't surprising. And I suspect that as we, as we move higher, we're going to see more of that, right? More of the kind of the pressure down. We've been talking about it, and that makes perfect sense that we should see some pressure down, right? Now, if they can somehow convince everybody that, yeah, rates are rising, not because of inflation, because the economy is so strong that we can handle it, well, then they might be able to bluff some of the downside. But I think Thursday's report on the CPI and then next Tuesday's PPI report are going are gonna, to are gonna counter that argument. Um, and that the story is going to turn to, you know, the continued rising and threat that inflation is going to do to the economy versus, oh, wow, the economy is so strong, don't anyone worry about the inflation. That's a, a subplot. I think it's the other way around. I oh, think I, inflation uh, is the plot, and the strength of the economy is the subplot. I, I don't think the, uh, um, well, the, you, you mean, somehow or another, Kenny, you, you always manage to, even though you're a TV personality, you, you seem to be able to retain your your, uh, your 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 links to the to the common man. But I think that makes you somewhat unusual. I mean, the rest of the people you hear on some of these on the, the CNBCs and the Foxes and stuff, it's like do they, do they ever even talk to anybody other than their own group? Or I mean, it's uh, I know it's frustrating, right? It's a and I thank you for that. That was very kind of you. Um, well, I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why you and I could talk about so many different subjects. I think is, but I mean, does anybody get the idea of the fact that? Uh, well, uh, Dan uh, from he's another Florida guy. Um, he just said you, your guys, your electric bill, your gas bill just went up twenty percent. I'm going to have to go ahead. Well, I, he's, it's going up, right? I don't. I haven't. Mine has actually been holding steady, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens to it. Because I'm up here. Um, up here come January, everybody is doing that. People you don't even, you know, they come up and say, hey, Chief, you see your gas bill? Some yeah. people, it's 40% higher here. And electric, same yeah. way. And, uh, and, and, uh, and you know what's so bizarre, Kenny, is the, is the people up here, well, our, our legislators must be, there's no such thing, it's not a word you should use, must be so stupid. Uh, if you look at your electric gas bill now, and people are, you know, the, the, the politics is everything's going to be green, everything's going to be... These guys yeah. are all figured out. It's not going to matter, Kenny. If you, 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 you could lose, use no electricity 10 years from now and your bill's going to be $100 a month. There's no... Yeah, how scary is that? I agree. I mean, how did, yeah, how did down that... Here, down here, everything for me is electric. There is no... I have no natural gas, right? My kitchen is electric, the air conditioning is electric. The heat, if I used it, I used it once this year. That was two weeks ago when it was, you know, 40 degrees one morning. But um, everything's electric. So I don't even get the chance to be able to use gas. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to those prices. Because I imagine they're going to start to soar because you have to produce the electricity and how they're producing it. Well, at the point now, they don't, they don't even want to produce it. They just, it'll be, the hookup charge will be $100 a month. Yeah. That's the way it's going here. They're, they're, they're not in the business anymore. Screw that. Let some other, let some other chump actually produce. You think Camelot Edison cares about producing it now? They've, they've changed the tune on that now for a decade. And when one of our legislature is going to catch up to it, that this is the game they're playing and we're, and we're the, and we're being played like a fish. Uh, just saying. But what do you, there's been kind of a tone change. You were saying, uh, 
And so was Joel. What, what do you make, Kenny? Are you, I mean, if you could tell over periods of time, no matter what happens, no matter how bad the day is, that there's kind of mutual fund buying, that there's always a little buying on the close. And, you know, one of the greatest games is still the firm's kind of front run on the, the mutual fund buying. And, you know, it's the oldest trick in the book. But the last few weeks, there's been anything but that. I mean, Friday night, God, would we drop 50 points in the last 10 minutes on the spoos? And, I mean, we're seeing almost just, you know, I haven't seen any of that in like, like six weeks now, have you? No, I haven't seen any of it either, and it's interesting because is that just because people are expecting, you know, we're going to see lower prices overall over the next over the next month or two, and I think that is as rates tick up, there's going to be this adjustment in in, in prices, and you know, you may just be having look, even included, I don't know what you're doing, but I got money that's ready to go, but I'm waiting until Thursday and next Tuesday to see what the CPI and DPI does because I think prices are going to be lower by next week, and I think that could be part of what's going on. I, I, uh, I'm just, just by having stuff that comes off and by people, you know, putting more and more money in the protected program, which is what I do. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. probably have, by noon today, I could put two, three million dollars work if I wanted to. And, uh. In, in, in the, in the protected portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense, right? That makes perfect sense because people, they want to hold their stocks. They don't want to blow up their portfolios, but they want downside protection. And you're absolutely right, which is exactly what I can. You and I have been talking about, right? But you know what, Kenny? I can't, I can't decide whether I want to go spiders, Q's, Russell. I, I can't within that blend of indices or yeah. ETFs. I, I'm not sure which one I want to do. Well, why do you have to? I, I've, I've done. Uh, I, I'm long DFQ, which gets me short the Nasdaq, and I'm long SH, which gets me short the S and P. And I and I'm thinking about going long the Bixie, which is you know which will give me the upside. On the VIX, if it, if it shoots higher once again, I mean it's already elevated, yes, but it could clearly shoot higher uh, if it could, right? I mean if it, if we if, if if we get this this turbulence in the market that I think we're going to get. Uh, I mean I don't see with that except we got a dash here, but careful with that that VIX stuff because this whole movement here hasn't really caused the jump in the VIX that like people thought we'd go to like forty or something. We haven't. Well, you know, where did we go? Where did we go last week when the market was, or, or on the uh, yeah, but you, on the twenty fourth of? Uh, hold on, a minute. let me just see something. Oh, you're right. We got to like thirty five, but boy, you got to be quick to sell it there. You had about ten. Yeah, that's right. You have to. It's one of those things you have to be quick, right? Yeah. You can't just sit there. It's not necessarily a long term investment for the right? No, but it looked like it didn't look like it was going to sixty or anything. I mean, it might yeah. have if we had another yeah. day like that, but. Kenny, take care of yourself, buddy. Talk at you next week. Uh, Good luck on, yeah, your, on, your, on your trades. SP Futures now only down 5. NASDAQ Futures come back a little bit, only down 44. Be right back. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. 
Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening. Well, we'll stocks and jocks. I'm out. Giuliani on the board, SP Futures down 550, Nancy Futures down 40. We've come back here since the uh, 15 minutes ago. Last time we did this, we were down 8 and down 50, and now we're down less than that. Do we have Mr. Jeff? Yes, we do. Hey, Good Jeff, morning, how are you, buddy. How are things? How's it going? All right, how are things in, the, in Jeff World, Harvard Magazine? And uh, I can't believe you're ever going to be, in terms of news to, to print, could there be a better time to have started up a magazine than the last couple of years you have? Sure, with uh, paper and print and postage prices going up and oh, yeah, supply sure. chain uh, issues, uh, actually yes, not a bad time. What time? Uh, you know, when you when you head into the, the, the grocery store, and you'll see like a, I, I don't think they're, they're weeklies or anything, but you'll see like a a Life magazine or something where they'll they'll print out a, it's almost like a history type of thing, and it's it's bigger than maybe their normal magazine would have been. But that's sick, Jeff. They're like eighteen bucks, twenty bucks. Yeah, it's become a real profitable business. That's what magazines have evolved into, SIPs, which are special interest publications. So instead of being a normal issue of something, it's a, you know, Diana. Yeah. A lot of Diana or, or Rolling Stones or Beatles or, or or that type of thing. So that's uh, that's pretty common. Well, they suck me into... Those are profitable for, uh, for the publishers. They suck me into buying one at... Uh on the American Revolution, and I, uh, I'll, I'll confess to everybody who cares that I, uh, out of the wars that I try and study, I, that's the one I have not spent a lot of time on, and I, and I think I need to, uh, Jeff, because I've been reading some stuff about uh, George Washington could have been, you know, the British consider him the, the greatest general they ever went up against, and how the guy was uh, not only running the army, but he was... Uh, uh, finding finding money to buy mercenaries to I mean to talk about he was like the George Hallis of the army I mean he was ticket taking playing end playing coaching at the he did everything uh, and it's scary well, to it might be that. topical analysis for you uh, you know because uh, Russia has some of that in store for them they're going to have to move on their feet soon uh, or literally their their feet will be moving underneath them as as this mud um, that's frozen over there that they've been. Accumulating on top of uh, starts to thaw a little bit. If as winter starts to break, when winter breaks, they either have to make a move or they have to go because 
most of the troops deployed are situated on top of frozen mud right now. Um, what is so? That's interesting. What 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 is your? We've had uh, um, Lou on to try and give a uh, some kind of a feel for kind of what's going on over there, and I I'm, I just I was looking for the not not that people do this kind of stuff. I mean, clearly Hitler uh, was not on uh, that. There's not an, an economic model to it, but I'm trying to figure out just exactly what you what you get from an invasion versus just kind of intimidation versus just a strong trade agreement. And Lou, is, well, Lou speaks fluent Russian, so he's been listening to uh, Soviet TV and said it's just the absolute mirror image of what we're sort of getting here. You know, we're we're screwing with the Ukraine. We're trying to mess with the the, the the comfortable border that Russia has and our Soviet Union has and and Putin is is leading the charge he's not letting Russia get pushed around into being you know a non a non-existent event and uh it's almost it's the total flip of what we see in here it's not that that he's messing with Ukraine we've been messing with Ukraine trying to get him into NATO and and uh I you know I mean it's obviously it's the other side of the argument I suppose but what, what What's your feel? I mean, I, I don't know how the guy, over the next 10 years, other than maybe his own personal standing with the Russian people, <clears throat> I don't, I don't know that he, how, how does, how does he gain by something that, you know, I don't know if there's, if there's a guerrilla war that goes on there for the next 10 years where they're constantly fighting where they, they end up in another Afghanistan and, I mean, what's, what do you think the, the pluses and minuses are for him? Do you think, or do you think he even cares? Well, um, Let's begin with he probably perceives little threat or intimidation from the current administration. But, you know, he'd probably be less likely to to make a move like this under the prior administration. That that seems to be the common perception. Um, you know, he does see a he does see a threat. I mean, you you articulated it. And we uh, Ukraine joining NATO is a threat. They share a common border. That that south southern border. Uh, they've shared it for a while. Uh, obviously, Ukraine's part of the former Soviet Union, and um, and this is and and NATO, who exists for the purposes of you know dampening the extension of uh, uh, you know Russian influence uh, for the most part, has never bordered uh, has never bordered Russia before. So that's a distinct threat. So you know what's what's the trade here if it if it's if this is a bluff that falls short of military conflict is his incentive to get an agreement from the U.S. or from U- the Ukraine that they will not join NATO. Um, you know, so that's what's in it for him. Where's his downside? Strictly expense. You know, strictly the cost. There's very little downside in a country like Russia. That he, him showing strength, it makes him more popular among his people. Um, you know, so yes, they're spending a lot of money with this troop deployment, and if it doesn't, you know, result in a military conflict, that's an expensive proposition, but not if they get an agreement from the U.S. that uh, Ukraine won't join NATO. Um, although there's a reasonable probability that they might continue with an, an invasion, which, of course, would be the largest military conflict in Europe since World War II, because you haven't seen that kind of troop deployment anywhere. So, so it's problematic, and then he also feels strength. You know, look at the opening sequence of the the Olympics in China. You know, Mao and, and Xi, uh, Mao, uh, Xi and uh, Putin side by side is a uh, you know that's quite an image. So, so his his activism provides some political cover for for China as well, and that strengthens that alliance. 
um, in many ways. So this is he, he's in the driver's seat. Uh, there's no question about that. He, he certainly, you know, we're, everyone in the world is actually waiting to see what he's going to do and and how it will respond. But but he um, so far he's he's got everyone's attention. Well, he is in the driver's seat. But the well, two questions aren't 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 the Baltics somehow tied up with NATO? Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania aren't they? Aren't they? Yeah, you know, Estonia kind of a, definitely is right. Yeah, they got some kind of a yeah. protectorate or something. I don't know if they're actually yeah. members, yeah. but um, I believe so. Yeah. But he, but Russia now is I I should know this, but I'm going to guess maybe Eliani can look this up. I'm going to say are, are they even in the top ten of the economies of the world? No, they're behind the Italy. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> to I, be honest, in terms of GDP, they're number nine. They're number no, they are in the top ten. I think they're number nine in in terms of GDP. But there's still a, you know, there's a huge drop-off uh, well, after the top five. According to, but, um, but again, this is, this is their influence, you know, as a disruptor. So it may not have a GDP. And that's why I mentioned right at the outset the expense of this deployment is a material consideration. I mean, he's got to show something for it. Well, I guess that's what I was saying is if he, if he does invade and, it, you know, say he takes property, which he will because he's got 100,000 people there, but... Over the next ten years, if Ukraine continues to fight back, and he's got to feed people in bullets and God knows what else into that area for a decade, how are they going to afford it? Italy surely couldn't. Yep. Right. I mean, I you know it's a. But I you know what what do what is your feel? I mean, I look at, uh, at at NATO and I look at you know the U.S. just walking around and seeing people and their attitude. Not not that it's horrible or anything like that. It's just. I, I look at NATO and the U.S. as an absolute paper tiger at this point. I mean, I, well, I would, I wouldn't be afraid of NATO at all. I mean, that they were going to do anything to me. I mean, if you really, you know, if you invaded Germany, yeah, we'd, you know, you'd, you'd wake up NATO. But I think he could do, he could do whatever he wants right now. Pretty much, I would, you know, I don't know. I'm saying, do you, do you, if you were him, would you fear NATO? Um, no, but I'd fear the political pressures that both the Johnson in the UK and the Biden administrations in the US are under. So, you know, uh, and, and when, when you have, and, you know, I'm obviously referring to, they're under political pressure, they're underwater politically, um, both, both leaders, both administrations are, and an opportunity, uh, you know, to consolidate public opinion against, uh, an evil aggressor, aggressor is, you know, what? political opportunism that might be too too much to resist. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a wag the dog opportunity, what and, is, and it, it's it's appealing. You know, if you look at the media pounding the table, they're really you know speaking the talking points of of kind of a neocon approach to you know let's uh, you know that we need to do something. Um, I, you know, I, I think Ukraine is, is really hard to, um, it's hard to make the strong case for, aside from being a democracy, um, you know, what our, our U.S. interests are here. But then again, there's NATO. So, you know, well, I mean, if, my, my view, boy, this is not, <clears throat> I sure hope we can shake our way out of it, obviously, or I wouldn't be trying to help by getting people on to talk about it. Uh, I, if I'm him, I just back off for five years and let us screw ourselves up. We're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> or, or where am I wrong? 
Well, it's true, and, and and you know this obviously has a ripple effect too, because uh, what we do here probably is something that China is watching with respect to Taiwan. So, you know, this is it's it's an important event uh, to be to be very clear, and and Putin is in the driver's seat right now. So, oh. Chief, just so you know, um, the, in in regards to GDP rankings, Russia is actually 11, just below Korea. Oh, they are uh, the top 10. Okay. Oh wow. And then Brazil's just below Russia. See, you're you're below Russia. I'm not below Russia, but my country is. Or just <laughs> just saying, but yeah, I mean, you, you, when you look at this, I, I don't. To me, uh, well, you you have to avoid waking the U.S. up. We're well on our way to screwing ourselves over. I mean, wait. I think uh, we're past that. We, we might be past that. I don't. But I, I, whatever. <laughs> I don't because I mean every the uh, every year it seems like our. You know, the military stuff goes lower. I mean, how many people did we used to have when you and I were young? How many people used to have in Europe? Hundreds of thousands. Now what do we have? Do we even have 50? I mean, we're, we're, we're not helping much over there. Trump, uh, to his, to his credit probably said, why should we keep paying for this? But the fact is, I think we wanted to, the reason why we paid for it is because we wanted to be in charge, right, Jeff? Or, I mean, or where am I wrong there? No, no, it's probably right. I mean, the reason why we wanted to take, <clears throat> take care of Japan is, we wanted to control Japan, right? I mean, it's not... Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's... Uh, if they would have said, don't worry, we'll take care of it ourselves, I think we would have been appalled 30 years ago, wouldn't we? Yeah, certainly, without question. Um, and then, uh, you know, the Nord, the Nord Stream Pipeline obviously plays into this pretty pretty importantly. You know, it was a project that initially was pretty fiercely opposed by the U.S. and, and Ukraine, you know, and other kind of Central and Eastern European countries. And then... And then uh, Biden, upon election, kind of let that go as a pass. But it, it is still a bargaining chip. There's no question about it. And I, I don't think that's lost on Putin. So even though Biden did surprisingly reverse position and give Nord Stream a go-ahead, it, which was in Russia's interest, to be very, very clear, um, he still has the ability to you know, dial that back. What exactly is it? I'm asking this because I don't know, and if you don't, we'll, we'll ask Eliane. Where exactly does that go? Does it go into one spot in Europe, or does it splinter off? I mean, up and out, up in, in terms of it's a, it's a it's a system. It's it's a couple of pipelines that you know um, uh, they run under under the Baltic Sea from Russia to Germany. It's actually two pipelines that go under the Baltic. And it's strictly natural Russia, gas. Germany. It's not oil. It's yeah. it's natural gas, correct? Yeah, it's just natural gas. Yeah. And uh, in terms of capacity, I mean, what are we talking? Is is it the same as like the one that goes up the east coast and delivers gas to the entire? I mean, is it is it that big? It sounds like it's pretty darn big. Well, it's, it's it, really big. It's an eleven billion the, dollar the, project. The number I know is fifty five billion, but I, I don't know that in context of other pipelines. I mean, in terms of capacity, I mean, I, I wouldn't know what a capacity of a, of a pipeline would be, but right. I know I know we're talking about. Uh, well, have been talking forever and haven't done anything. That the an obvious pipeline would be from the North Shore or the North Slope, where they what they 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 flared off gas for what? How many years? How many decades up there without having a pipeline? And uh, there was a, the governor of Alaska wanted it to go through Alaska, but the cheapest ways would be to hook up with one in Canada or something like that. And that controversy went on for what decades? Are they even building anything yet <clears throat> to this day? Um, well, the, the, the history of it, when they built the oil pipeline, obviously there's a boatload of natural gas on the North Slope, right? 
and, and but in those days, getting all the natural gas down to uh, what's the name of the city? There's no there were no tankers for natural gas in those days, and now there sort of are. You know, you could have a natural gas pipeline next to the Alaskan pipeline, and you could just have ships. You know, this is recent within the last five years or so. You could have liquefied natural gas ships show up, and you could export the stuff from the North Slope. Correct? Today, you could. I think, but you you sure couldn't have when they built that pipeline, right? So, the natural gas just was essentially burned, wasn't it, up into space? Uh, and how much did we waste? I mean, uh, I mean, I can't even imagine what the numbers have been. But, uh, but that type of these types of pipelines are they're massive undertakings, right? And they, but then when you when you complete one, you're 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 good to go for decades, right? In Russia. Does Russia have that kind of a supply of natural gas? They must, and Europe has basically none, correct? Right. Yeah, Russia does. And uh, and this is the same time, didn't Germany or France, not France, Germany, didn't Germany get rid of all their nukes? Like a decade. A like, well, France has still got a bunch of them, right? Doesn't France have more per capita than anybody? I mean, I'm just all off the top of my head here, but, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so, what, 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 so what are you guys writing about? What, uh, What's 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 the word? I mean, are you are you sort of uh, are you surprised that we're having this, this supply chain? Uh, is, does this go all the way back to the tariffs and stuff, or is this all COVID related, or is this or or yes to everything? Yeah, it's it, it continues. That, that that much is clear, and it's predominantly you know COVID related, um, and then and then it's been. Further exacerbated by by stimulus spending, you know that that produced demand for certain goods, and then and then um, and then inflation, even you know. So so all the economic kind of imbalances that are occurring right now with the supply chain disruption puts puts like everything in play. Right at the outset, you asked, you know, hey, what a great time to to have a print magazine. Well, well, first of all, of course. Uh, the largest part of our distribution is digital, right? And those are free subscriptions digitally at getluckbox.com. we got to throw in our plug. But, you know, our print magazines are important. They're in airports. They're in magazine stands. They're in Barnes & Noble. They're, they go to print subscribers in the mail. And, and postage, ink, paper. Paper is a real problem right now. Paper, uh, we, for example, every time we send a magazine to print, we have one right now at print that we should be getting in the next day or two, which is our next our next issue is coming out shortly, and uh, each time we send a new magazine to print, um, we have to speak with the printer in advance to make sure that they have secured the paper for it, and they are having difficulty with that. That's why you'll see you'll see you know print magazines that have larger runs like ours. They continue to run, but if you receive like an alumni magazine, you know or you know, from your university that you graduated from, you, you may have noticed you're not getting that semi-annually or annually anymore. Uh, there are a lot of, uh, you know, periodical print products like that that just have to be discontinued because the cost of paper is so high. And, and even ink prices have gone up. So that, that's just one industry. And obviously, you name the industry and there's something that you can't get your hands on, right? Well, um, I guess, I'm not sure exactly why? I mean, uh, why all, why every one of these places has been affected? I mean, I, in the, I know if you go to the food store, which I, you know, 
I can't. I go to the Myers every every Sunday at seven in the morning, so I kind of get a view with nobody else around. This last week, the entire like pasta aisle is is empty. No, yeah, <laughs> two weeks, I noticed two weeks, that too. Two, well, two weeks ago, they were on. I, they, I, yeah, they were on sale two weeks ago. I mean, I, is it just <laughs> whenever whenever a an aisle starts to get empty, people go buy the stuff thinking they're not going to get it, or what? Is that, is that part of it? I mean, I, I mean, once and then all of a sudden you'll see there'll be a shortage in paper towels, and all of a sudden the whole aisle's cleaned out. It's like, is, is it just if you know what do they used to say about the army? If you see a line, go go stand in it. It must be for you or something like that. I mean, <laughs> you know, I I wish I knew. Is 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 it is it is it? It's I know that with gasoline because that's something I've you know studied since seventy three when I was in the, in the uh, in the economics in, in the in the in the universities, uh, because that's when the Arab were doing there. But I I know there that you're, uh, you know that that what, the the largest deposit or inventory of gasoline in this country is in people's gas tanks. I mean, if you think about it, it makes perfect sense. And then I believe <clears throat> the studies back then, and I don't know if they've changed with uh with with people, uh, Jeff, but. Uh, the average person has basically his tanks a little less than half full. Does that, does that make sense? Uh, and, uh, makes sense. And if all of a sudden people sense there's a shortage, I mean, if everybody went and filled up their tank, the system would, would fall in about eight hours. There's, there's just not enough gas anywhere in the system. What do, what do we have? 300 million cars in this country for you know, 300 million times, say, 10 or 12 gallons, uh, per car. There's no way that we have three billion, you know, gallons of gas in the pipeline ready to be filled up today. You know, so so you you can easily cause your own shortage, right? Right. And uh, is is some of that happening, or 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 is it where we're we're everybody's so dependent? Actually, in a, in a really good economy, everybody's supposed to be dependent on everybody else, right? Is it, and, and that's just what's happening. I mean, the 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 guys at the sawmills, or but you would think since there's so many less newspapers being printed, that you would actually have, uh, you know, paper wouldn't be a problem. How much less paper do we use than we did 30 years ago in this country? Well, you know, certainly confirmation bias that you speak to, you know, that that creates a run on anything, um, plays plays a role. Um, there's no question about that, but there's really a. You know, you have demand exceeding capacity in production and logistics. I mean, that's the basic problem going on here. So, so there, there is a demand. You know, that demand's going to start softening. I think that's going to be the, that's how we get out of this is that there'll be a softening demand as a result of the distribution of the, uh, stimulus payments, you know, losing that impact, the market, you know, increasing its volatility and, and, and even 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 a, a tax time coming up shortly. There's a number of uh, factors out there that are going to work towards reducing the demand. That is one of the major factors here, right? And then because I don't think the production and logistics side, um, particularly the logistics side, is, is going to change that. That much. Now, when you, you say have less people working, you know, less people employed in in some of those roles. I mean, look at look in Canada right now. They're definitely going to have a a logistics problem with the with the kind of trucker revolt going on. Um, yeah, well, when you say, uh, not to turn this into a you know a graduate economics class, if I could even do that anymore. But uh, when you say demand, what exactly are you talking about? 
in terms of retail uh, demand, consumer demand, retail demand. Okay, but you're not you're not, all these products. You're you're not talking about the the way that the the normal uh, dopey newsman talks about demand, where they talk about well, like a number. I mean, it's not a number. It's it's a it is it is a it is a whole graph, right? And it's not just a whole graph. There's the short term and there's the long term. Because if you if you go into the pasta aisle and at a buck and a half, uh, everybody buys out all your pasta. Well, that means if the price is now two bucks, the long term demand means that people are going to switch production from something else over to pasta. So six months from now, if it's a longer term thing, your pasta aisle is overwhelmed with pasta because everybody can't wait to sell it for two bucks, right? So when That's people, right. when pe- I mean de- demand is. To learn what the word says, and I know you've done this, from, um, uh, is what a, a two-year a two-year course in economics for to even understand. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, it's not just uh, you know when people say supply and demand. Well, there's today's supply and demand. We only got a certain amount of hamburger, but oh by the way, if demand's gonna be that tomorrow, I'm gonna raise the price ten cents, and I'll have twenty percent more hamburger. And a week from now, I'll find another butcher, and I'll have ten times the hamburger. You know, if there's <clears throat> There's an end, but now does you, the guy you go to can he find it? It's, it's an amazingly complex problem, right? Or, or with with all kinds of solutions depending on the time frame. That's right, but you but you alluded to the the core of the problem right at the outset in using the the analogy or the metaphor of the case study of, of you know gasoline and tanks. You know, yeah. that's the whole nature of the supply chain is built on lean principles, right? right. The, no slack, little redundancy um, from truck drivers to inventory in the warehouses. And the result of that is you, there's just no preparation for an increase in demand that occurs like this. So, you know, consumer demand can increase in a matter of months, right? But it takes much more time to increase port capacity, build warehouses, hire employees, etc., to meet that demand, particularly when you actually have a, a you know, a workforce fluctuations going on you know and uh, so so the result was you had ports and warehouses you know these trucking companies are actually processing more goods than ever you know and and at the same time dealing with a series of shortages of, of workers and and logistics and routes and truckers and things like that so it you know I, I think we saw it we, we, the ports at one point had a 30 percent increase and the amount of goods going through them, and that's why we had, you know, those boats just sitting around, those cargo ships just sitting around outside. Jeff, why do you think ports? But when you when you look at the the population, and we'll probably kick this down for the break. But I would I would love love to your your read on the labor numbers last week. We don't normally you and I get into it, but the and uh, and also in that regard, I was going to talk to you about the CPI numbers coming out this week. Not so much in terms of the numbers themselves, but how basically bleeped up they are. I mean, in terms of uh, how they're how they're being gathered, how they're. And I, I suspect you have. But why our our population is is somewhat stagnant? Why why do, why do we need thirty percent more court, uh, port capacity than we did last year? Yeah. I mean, I, what, what what's going on there? I mean, I did. Well, on certain, I remember our, our demand shifted too, right? As people were. Spending more money in their homes as a result of quarantine and lockdowns and just not going out, you know, to be prudent to a fear of infection. So, you know, you saw some industries that suddenly, 
you know, exploded, right? I mean, people started upgrading their homes, spending right. more money on their homes. So that's that's accounted for the lumber demand that went up, you know, materially. People were do, doing home additions, building outside decks and patios, and because they were staying inside. So you had a you had a material shift in demand. You know, something that was a seismic, where where you know where people were doing things with this money that they had they had not done before. And those created those imbalances. When you go back to the whole principle of any efficient supply chain, it relies on being lean. You know, it relies on little redundancy and little stockpiles, right? So when the supply chain is disrupted and the demand is skewed, that just changes everything. I, I don't know how I could possibly even do a study on this, Jeff. Uh, you have, we're going to dash the break here, but you have, you have uh, a lot of people, in, uh, well, not a lot of people, but you have a, it's not like you're at a university with a bunch of Ph.D. students you can order, order around. But, <laughs> no. but you, you do have some people that do some pretty good stuff. I, I wonder how much concentration in industries has played into this. And I don't know how the hell I could ever find out. I mean, there's people that love that these, these, these I mean, you're talking about, uh, I think I read, i I, I got to go back and look at it, Jeff, because I, I have it here in my favorites, but... In the last, I think it's ten years, the, the price of uh, wallboard, you know, plasterboard, whatever you want to call it, is up four times, and the price of lumber is up six. Now I have to believe that there, if there were thirty plasterboard companies, I don't know that that would be that way, uh, but I don't think there are. I think there's you know two or three or four, and and then the, the stuff from China, that everybody that ate up everybody's houses literally ate up houses down south. Uh, I don't know, are we important stuff from those guys anymore? Because then, isn't that the stuff where it, when it got wet, it actually ate through your wiring and, and, and disintegrated it? Remember that story? The plasterboard from China? I mean, I mean it's, it's bizarre. Well, anyway, let's go to break because I want to get your thoughts on some of these numbers because I don't, and I, and, uh, I don't know if you had a chance to listen in on Carl on Friday, but he was, uh, off the charts and, and some of the stuff he was digging out of the stuff. SP Futures down three, Nancy Futures down 34. Be right back. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howe, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. 
At PTI, we have always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what their continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Lower one page, Stocks and Jacks. I'm Manakizeliani on the board. SP Futures down 450. It got back almost unchanged here, but now we dipped down a little bit. But we're kind of waffling just under the under the flat line here. Nasdaq Futures down 40, so nothing major of any. I'm kind of surprised to see uh, Pfizer down uh, two bucks um, after coming out with a pretty good report. Got Peloton down a little bit, uh, but not very much because they came out and said their revenue was going to be less than people thought, and they hired a new uh, CEO. Anyway, Dow Futures are down 52. Um, I'm sorry, up 52, because in, uh, individual stocks, we've got Am- Amgen up 372, which is driving the Dow here a little bit. Uh, virtually nothing else. In it. Well, we got, we also got Goldman Sachs up 355. So that's enough to, uh, drive the Dow up. Remember, the multiplier in the Dow is, I think, 7 and change or 690, somewhere in there. So every move, a dollar move in a stock is like a $7 move in the Dow. So, be kind of be mindful of that when you look at the Dow moving all over the place. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX up 16.1%, FTSE up 21.3%, and CAC around up 21.3%. So a very mildly but mildly bullish over in uh, over in Europe. Over in Asia, we've got a mixed bag. Nikkei up 35.1%, Shanghai up 23.7%, but Hang Seng down 250. That's a full 1%. So they're struggling, struggling for direction, as the head as the headline says. As a way of review, yesterday Dow was down a point. I'm sorry, up a point, and NASDAQ was down 82, and the S&P was down 16. Again, that, some of that coming on the close, as we've had a couple of sell-offs on the close the last two days. Uh, bonds, up three basis points to 1.95, really pushing toward 2%. We might get there this week. I mean, that'd be interesting. I don't think anybody thought we'd get there this week. Uh, the Bund is now well over uh, zero, uh, positive 0.24, almost to the point where I'm going to stop saying positive. I'm just going to say 0.24. Uh, Japan up uh, up one basis point to point two one over an uh, oil over an oil patch. Uh, oil down a buck twenty. That's uh, down uh, one point three percent to ninety twelve. It was it was below ninety a minute ago, but now it's back up over ninety. Rent down a dollar thirty three to ninety one thirty six. The spread between Brent and uh, West Texas is only a a dollar fourteen dollar twenty four, which is kind of kind of low for that. Uh, natural gas up nine cents four thirty two. Our Bob down three cents two sixty five. We've got gold only down a dollar fifty now. It was a big move up yesterday. Eighteen twenty. Silver down sixteen cents. Twenty two ninety one. Copper down four cents. Four forty one. Platinum down six bucks. A thousand fourteen. And we have Bitcoin down five eighty, but still way up here at forty three thousand five forty one compared to a few weeks ago when it was in the low thirties. Eliani, what do you got for us? Traffic weather sport. It's sunny out. It looks nice. Yeah, I know. I mean, I always love Chicago when the sun first comes out. It's always so pretty. 
but all right, let's get into it. Currently 7.36 a.m. on February 8th, and uh, let's talk NBA. Last night, Suns beat Bulls 127-124. to 124. Nothing to report for Chicago and Phoenix in the NHL. In college basketball, Arizona State loses to Arizona Wildcats 79-91, and SIU loses to Missouri State 47-76. In weather, currently sunny in Chicago at 20 degrees with a high of 38 and a low of 20, so we'll be sitting at a pretty decent temperature for our city. And Phoenix at the moment, sunny at 46 with a high of 75 and a low of 45. So looking pretty good out there. Traffic in Chicago, we have traffic eastbound on 290 between the 294 exit ramp all the way to the downtown intersection, the 290, I-94 construction intersect. So be mindful of that. Westbound on 290 between Holman and, and Harrison. More traffic eastbound on 90 between the 294 south exit ramp and the 94 east exit ramp. More traffic eastbound on, on 94 between Tui, uh, Tui and Damon. Westbound on 94 between 130th and Tui. More traffic northbound 55 between Route 71 and Damon. And more traffic north and southbound on Route 12 between Frontage and 58th. So be careful driving out there. Thankfully, no accidents to report on the highways this morning. The uh, <coughs> Jeff, we've got um, some interesting stuff. I mean, I've been going through the labor stuff real quick and then I guess we'll talk a little bit about this number coming up Thursday, which everybody. Um, and I'm just going to ask the, the question: are, What what is your attitude toward these numbers and the people putting them together? I mean, how? how I don't want to lead the witness. Do you believe them? I mean, the reason why I'm asking about this labor number is, is Carl's been reporting like every well for several years now on the show, but we really gotten into it the last year where he's on like every single Labor Day, and. uh and he last year, every month, all he talked about was, Chief, where are these people? We we normally get, you know, two hundred thousand people a month that enter the labor force and or the the non institutional population. All of a sudden, we've had a couple of months where there's there's actually less people than the month before, and it's, something's wrong here. Either people are leaving the country, more people are dying than they're saying some, something's a problem. All of a sudden, in January, there they all are. They a, showed up a million, a million some people. From where? Now, does that mean every single month for the last year has been horse bleep and not even worth looking at? Or what What are we talking about? Well, yeah, to some degree. <laughs> to some degree I, I, I think that the key takeaway here is that we are beginning to normalize and that, um, you know, the, we're moving past this kind of pandemic area. This is, the notion of the Great Resi- Resignation was overstated. That was a kind of an overhyped concept. I'm not talking about and, the people. I'm not talking about the people working. I'm talking about the people just being in existence. Where did they, I mean, where did they come from? Where were they? They were, as the recent data suggests from the last report, they were taking care of family members. That 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 seems to be the number one of the people returning to the workforce. They were taking care of sixes. They were tending to fam- family members during the pandemic. Um, they didn't go anywhere. They, they, they just were not working. So, you know, I, I think that's the key thing because it's been overstated for a long time that there was this, uh, you know, the people that dropped out of the workforce permanently and now, and now they came back in a big way. So, you know, the, there was a, um, a shift toward retirement too. So the, the two main sources of people that disappeared were there were more early retirements that occurred during the pandemic. That was, uh, I think it was um, 
like a 2% shift in that amount based on the age. I forget what the number was. And the other was a, a, a shift towards home care and family care that kind of drove the shortfall of labor force participation. Um, yeah, I'm not, I, I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm talking about the, the actual number of people around. Doing, I mean, you're, you're talking about like whether people in, are like actual population. Yeah, I'm not aware of a yeah real population shift. Yeah, we bumped we bumped a million one in January. That's that's what Kyle was talking about all year. Is that our, the population isn't growing? Where is everybody? Or we're just not growing? Or people are dying? And all of a sudden, they all popped up in January. A million a million one people were added to the country in January on an adjustment. Well, let's see. <laughs> We've had a lot come through the borders. <laughs> I'm There's just saying. No question about that. Um, yeah, I, I'm not. Well, that's a, that's a fair question. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure where they were. And uh, you know, I and now we've got this number on Thursday, and I mean, you and I, we've gone over it a few times, and we don't want to go through it. You know, we'll, when when the number comes out on Thursday, I'll I'll grab the re- the full report, and we can go. Well, tell, it. tell me what you're anticipating. That's um, well, I'm saying. I, I, I know. I, that's the part I'm having a problem with because it appears now that whatever adjustment these guys made, they made in January on the population and labor numbers. Okay, now we have this CPI number that if you look at it carefully, which of course nobody wants you to do, you're going to see, if you forget the hospitalization part, or the medical care part, which they've been cheating on for 20, how's that's a bad word? I'll use it, they've been cheating on for 20 years, they've been sandbagging for 20 years, or at least, we've got this housing issue, where no matter where you look, the prices of houses are up X in the last year or two, you've got rents up, everybody, every study that comes across that I see, Jeff, is somewhere between ten and a half and twelve and a half percent last year, and that's probably being nice. And if you look at your CPI numbers, they're going to have your rent your rent number up two percent, and the cost of owning a home up like two percent. Now, are they going to uh, someday and in, in one month are we going to see the CPI all of a sudden? I guess are they going to continue to use? I'll use the term uh, understate. Notice I didn't say lie. Or, or are we going to see a month where, oops, it looks like we were wrong on the on the uh, cost of rent and uh, home ownership. We're going to kick that, which is like 20 some percent of the basket. Are we going to kick that up like ten percent to make it even? And all of a sudden, we got we get a, a number on Thursday of you know one and a half percent or some crap on the on the, on the CPI. I mean, are they going to be honest? And that going to is there going to be an adjustment? They're going to continue. You know, there's a question of where they, because clearly they have fallen behind on some of these numbers. Are, are they going to stay behind, or are they going to bring it up to pace? And what are they going to do? I mean, my my druthers would be not to not to fall behind, but I think they clearly have, Jeff. I mean, uh, clearly, uh, you know, having your medical care seven percent of the basket when it's twenty one percent of the economy is a little a little out there. I mean, I don't think they're going to adjust that either, are they? Now, the, the prediction markets have um, a greater than 0.7% increase for January's inflation at 50%. That's right in the middle, at uh, so greater than 0.7%. So that um, that's what the consensus thinking is right now. That you know, that's where that number is. Well, point seven is right where we are. Prediction markets are, are weighted, you know, that the uh, Fed funds rate will be at the end of this year 
over uh, three quarters of one percent. That's like a ninety percent probability right now. Well, they're also so, giving you the, the when they say they, whoever the they's are in this world that runs, seemingly runs the the news media outlets except for Stacks and Jackson lockbox. Uh, <laughs> the I mean, right now you're you're being you're being conditioned. I don't know if, you, if you're being conditioned or not, Jeff. I think you know when you're being conditioned. You're being conditioned to being the inflation number being this year-over-year number. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say bull bleep on that. Your, your inflation number is the last month or two or three at the most averaged. I mean, if, if we get a, a 1% number this month, I'm telling you our inflation is 12%. It's not 1 plus all the 11 months before. It's what it is right now going forward. I don't care what it was a year ago, right. do you? Right, that's exactly right. But we're being conditioned right. the other way, aren't we? Yes, yeah, without without question. Now, are they going to do that? That's exactly right. If it gets worse and then it starts to get better, are they going to change that dynamic? I would if I was them, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think <laughs> so. Are they going to try to do it both ways? Are they going to have it both ways? You know, I don't, I don't know what... You know, you, you've got a real... You know, I, I don't know if you picked up on this uh, or... Or if it received a lot of press, but I think uh, I forget. Manchin had an appearance uh, a couple days ago somewhere. It was on a talk show. Oh, it was on one of the Sunday morning uh, news shows, one of the Sunday morning talk shows, where he effectively killed any possibility of a you know a Biden kind of plan. You know, so Build Back Better is is now dead because. Initially, after he said that he wouldn't vote on the bill as presented, that he'd consider parts, and then Schumer, you know, came forth and challenged the notion that, well, let's put it to a vote anyways and see where everybody stands. But he backed down on that because then he, Schumer, it became aware, apparent to Schumer that at that point, if they did have a vote on the Senate floor, that there'd be other defectors that we're thinking about their own re-election oh, of democratic defectors. So it wouldn't just be about Manchin. So they backed off on it now because right now they can just blame Manchin for all the party's failures and the administration's failures. But but that's an interesting, you know, so after the reconciliation uh, and uh, after the, um, you know, the stimulus bill and then the infrastructure bill, we're done. You won't see any any major spending legislation coming out of Washington uh, probably for the next two years now, you know, for the remainder of the president's term. So that likely has some dampening impact on, on inflation. You know, I, that, that, that should help things materially. Um, um, it, it, not sure. I mean, uh, the money supply numbers have dropped. The growth has dropped a little bit uh, mm-hmm. from what you can right. get. Of course, they're, they're they're trying not to give you those numbers, but at one point, over a two-year span, we had a, a money supply growth of thirty-eight percent, which I'm not sure we, right. even saw, we even saw. That's right. Let, let me let me re- recalibrate that statement. Let, let me, that that uh, stimulus payments and federal spending won't be won't be an added variable. Uh, you know, that, that's coming off the table. Not not that you know. Uh, not that the Fed won't continue, you know, purchasing bonds or anything, but that that actual leg- legislative stimulus spending won't be a contributing factor going forward. Well, I've got them. I've got them down in the last month to eleven and a half percent annualized money supply growth, which is way below the you know the nineteen percent it was. 
So yes, the inflation should be coming down, but at eleven and a half is as high as it was at any time during the late seventies. Big number. It's no big number. So yeah, I don't I don't anticipate if they stay here, I don't anticipate a fifteen percent inflation number at all. I think, but I think it would be it can it can be nine forever if they keep growing it. The money supply at eleven and a half, can it? I mean, why not? We're yeah, not, we're not yeah. growing. The, that's right. Anybody who thinks no we're growing more than two percent, I think, has uh, you know needs needs to you know get a lobotomy or something. But the uh, mm-hmm. but, you know I, I but where are we? Just you just mentioned something. We're about about going to Congress, and there's some people. Uh, I mean, Audrey really likes the the mayor of Moreland Park, and uh, I, I don't met the guy, but she has, and evidently people, and he, he's decided to uh, retire from being mayor, and he's going to run for uh, uh, whatever uh, Republican uh, U.S. House, right? And there's there's people I think that are running for Senate places, and let's just say Joe Manchin, uh, uh, or, or anybody, the lady, the lady from uh, Arizona, who all the Republicans hate. Uh, what's her name? Cinema. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, when when you I mean let's let's say the people from Orland and that surrounding area and wherever else you know I don't know how big that district is I have known on the map when, when you elect somebody I mean if, if you ran Jeff I would I would no more be electing you just to be another vote on some team than a man in the moon I would be I would vote for you 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 could be the first person I actually went to down the block to actually vote positively for. I'd want you to go out and be Jeff. I mean, granted, whatever party you were, I mean, I almost wouldn't care, but I would want you to, if you're on the Democratic side and they're getting a little too wild, I'd expect you to try and lean them back to where they're supposed to be, if same way on the other side. I'm, I, I want to elect you to use your head the way I know you can use it. I, I don't want you to be just another vote on the team eating bonbons and going to the workout facility. I mean, I don't. I could, I, I could send somebody's dog out there for that. I mean, wh- where did we get this thing where you, because you're a Democrat, you you owe us this vote? No, you don't. Not if it's a law, a, a law you don't like. Where am I? Where am I missing this? Where, where did I become so off the, the beaten trail? Well, it's just part of our tribalism is that politics has become a team sport, and you know, and that's why we're so taken aback by you know a cinema, a mansion, a Kinzinger, and a Cheney. That's why they get the news. I'm a politician. Uh, that's where I want to be. I want to be getting the news and getting the visibility by being that outlier, that unpredictable outlier. I think Mansion is you know kind of politically brilliant with what you know with what he's doing, particularly because he he reads his the demographic. He reads his electorate well. You know, I wouldn't say the same for Kinzinger because you know he's he's history. But Cheney, we'll see. You know, maybe it's it's working for her too. You know, in her state, I, I don't really know. Well, there's a I don't have a sense what what her reelection prospects look like. But I I can tell you one thing: Mansion's not going anywhere. Well, I will say this: that to a huge slice of the people that I identified with in the Democratic Party when I was in there, I want him at the front of the ticket. Yeah. I mean, because he looks like he can actually add. <laughs> somebody's other, somebody's other it's other. interesting you pick him. He doesn't appear anywhere in the prediction markets for for uh, 2024. But yeah, but Mansion is is actually the one person that could actually play the middle and win. You know, everybody's. You know, that's what I want. Um, while we have a few minutes, you don't have too much, but I'm gonna. I, I, I keep 
wandering through this with various various and sundry guests, the political the political landscape and how the, what we're seeing today. I, I wonder if it's just a not just, but in large part, a people the, the political creatures have figured out that the middle is gone, that there's no votes there anymore, that you need to make sure you solidify how can I say this, the 25% of the crazies at, at the extreme ends and just hope that the middle gives you, if you, if you walk in with 25%, um, if you, if you can get 26% of the middle where you don't even know who the hell they are, you're, 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 you're willing to roll with that. The trick is to make sure that your 25% shows up on either side. And yeah, well, they're still a the middle, and they still matter. They are still the, they they are still essentially the swing vote. Uh, the middle has gotten smaller, and that's been that has been quantified in the last four, you know, federal elections, general elections. The quantification of the middle diminishing has clearly you know, been proven to be the case. But the middle still matters, and the middle still makes elections. Plus, the middle. Uh, it, it varies. It, there's, it's not dogmatic. For example, the middle is far more meaningful in a midterm election, first of all, and significantly more interesting or, or it matters more coming off an extreme because you have this kind of pendulum movement, right, where the, where the country goes too far to the right, it'll come back to the center. Where it goes too far to the left, it comes back to the center. Those periods of regressing back to that mean is when the middle matters more. So you would expect now in the next election, the midterm elections, the middle is going to matter. It's the independents that are going to determine, you know, where the House and Senate end up. And, um, and that correction then will probably allow, you know, the extremists to be a louder voice in the general election thereafter. But this next election is going to be about the middle. It's um, not going to be about the extremes. I'm going I'm to. Do you think that you uh, maybe you, I'm going to say you, I think maybe you said that a hair wrong, not wrong, but um, do you think just because it's there's not a president involved that the middle means more in the in the midterm elections? Um. It, it, it helps. It, it also helps what the president's done, you know, in a couple of years, in the first couple of years, when you, you know, when you had a, you know, a president perceived to have overstepping his mandate, then that's that's when the middle matters, and the middle corrects it. Well, I, it, it, it's a process that we've seen forever. You know, I'm not saying anything new. I mean, the midterms have always been a period of correction where the where the you know the ruling party basically gives up seats. It's it's just part of a a part of a pattern, and it's because the the political realities are your first couple of years with you have any kind of mandate are the only time to get anything materially done. So so you know Biden swung for the fences. Um, he, he missed, but in the in in taking those swings, you know he established priorities that you know the electorate's going to correct him on, and that's why they're going to. You know the Democrats are going to be devastated in the House and Senate. There's very little question about that uh, this coming year. I'm going to lie when I say, Jeff, can same, I same thing with Trump. You know, once the electorate got a view of what he was like as president, uh, you know, the midterms came in to correct that and to take more influence away from him, uh, which it did. So you know, it's 
So whenever you have anybody on the extremes, and they have to be on the extremes because that's where the political efficiency is in the first year or two of your administration, you have to swing for the fences and be extreme, and but the in- inevitably a, a correction will occur. Jeff, I'm going to lob one out, out there. Predictable swings. We might want to tee this up more next week, but I'm going to say that the midterm election. Just consider this. I, mean, I think you're you're much much closer to this than I am, but just consider this. I think the midterm elections tell me anyway that in general people are totally unhappy with either party and that no matter who gets in there regarding whether it's Trump or Biden who can't be more diametrically different creatures it it almost doesn't matter the crap that the that the that the population puts up with it higher and higher prices higher and higher concentration the rich get richer the, the stuff that normal people see on a daily basis, harder and harder, medical medical costs going up, care going down. Well, the the stuff that regular people deal with has been has been screwing them where the sun don't shine for thirty years. And I think that's you know, and it, it almost doesn't matter who's in office. Every man almost doesn't. It doesn't even matter to every man because it it is relentless what's happening. The, the the idea that your your medium wage is up fifteen percent in in, uh, in in twenty years and uh, price of houses is going up three times that that is relentless regardless and I I'm almost of the opinion that the that the presidential election because you have you know these big personalities up in the top I think that almost skews things I just I think I, that, I agree with you let's let's put it another way because I think I, I think you're dead right and that is that the the uh, general elections are about partisanship, and the midterms are about populism, where where people kind of shed their tribal kind of affiliations and say, "Hey, look, you all suck." Yeah, I really do. Yeah. I mean, I and, 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 and you see how far. I mean, I uh, and, and you get this enthusiasm for you see some new people running, and I uh, you and I, we only have a minute, but last year, right after the election. There, there, I watched the, I don't know, whatever, who's Margaret Brennan, whatever, whatever one she's at. And they happen to have five uh, Democrats that just won uh, House seats. And these people are in their, they're all in their 30s. And a week before, I think she had five Republicans. And I watched them both. And, I'm, and Jeff, if, if you could have taken those ten people and said, you guys get to govern, I'd be happy as a clam. They were good people. They all had backgrounds. A couple of the ladies had been in the military. A couple of the guys had done this. I mean, serious people, they were going there to actually do some good on both sides of the aisle. And I'll bet, I'm sure they had their political differences, but on most stuff, I bet they almost agreed on just about everything. Especially the, yeah. the you know, and yet, I'll bet four of them aren't even running this time. We don't even remember who the hell they were. Somehow or another, we managed to screw that up real fast, and I think people are sensing yeah. that. I'm not the only one who's sensing that. Somehow or another, you go from there to seeing uh, Schumer, Pelosi, McConnell, and, and the cesspool that's at the top of this mess. And I, that's right. And I don't know how you, I don't know how we fix that. Or am I totally wrong here? Do you want to tell me I'm nuts? Says, no. Like I probably am. No, or, no, no, no. no, I'm in your choir. Well, it's. Uh, I don't know if that's good for radio. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I miss our buddy Mike. I hope he ends up uh, doing good. Uh, the uh, we need we need our, our Vicks champion back, and uh, 
Yes, how about it? Yeah. Particularly when when it's hot and when when the fix is hot, right? It's it's hot. It's it's uh it's, it's crazy. Anyway, thank you very much, buddy. Good luck on the on uh. By the way, give everybody the the shameless plug for Luckbox one more time. Get luckbox.com. The subscriptions are free in digital form. All right, take care, buddy. SP Futures down three, Nasdaq Futures down thirty. Back tomorrow, stocks and jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke, don't do shit.